It is the middle ground between light and shadow, between science and superstition, and it lies between the pit of man's fears and the summit of his knowledge. This is Time Enough Podcast. Welcome to Time Enough Podcast. We dive into all the episodes of the Twilight Zone and beyond. Having a look in under the hood, all that sort of stuff. This is Matt here. Hi, Luke. Oh, how you doing, Matt? Good to be here. Good to be here. <laughs> what a day. There. He'll be here all week. <laughs> <laughs> um, today's episode is The Hitchhiker. Have you hitchhiked? Did you ever hitchhike? I've never hitchhiked, but I think I've been just randomly picked up because I'm making a dumb walk. So I've made no attempt to, like, get a lift, and someone's just pulled over and been like, dude, get in my car. <laughs> no, no, it's an insane if some, place to walk. Someone says, dude, get in my car, he should, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, I usually am walking on, like, a real dangerous side of a road where I shouldn't be walking. I'm like, do you want a lift just, like, till there's a path? <laughs> like, yeah, okay. <laughs> Where's that? In Japan and the UK? Mostly in the UK. In Japan, they just pull over and give me an umbrella. Oh. <laughs> I've had that happen multiple times. <laughs> well, I was telling you today, hey, you need an umbrella? We use umbrellas in Japan. I mean, you know, in America, I remember just walking around the rain like an idiot, so mm -hmm. I, it happens. I've always been more of a put-my-coat-on guy than I have an umbrella guy. I don't have any stuff in my hands. Yeah. I need my hands free for combat. <laughs> <laughs> I've done some serious bumming of rides. I, I have not done actual oh, hitchhiking. I've spent most of my life not owning a car. Yeah. <laughs> so I've bummed rides off all of my friends. But when I did have a car, I would give everyone lifts. Um, so I've only owned a car for like six months of my life. <laughs> and I never saw any hitchhikers. But I always thought if I ever had a car, I would definitely pick up every hitchhiker I saw. Yeah. Because, you know, fun, isn't it? Just meeting random people in weird situations. Yeah. I want that shit. I, I think the, the line drawn was maybe Manson time. Yeah, well... That's when people... You start locking your doors and you stop picking up people because they might be the Manson family. Especially when you're a young lady, right? Yeah. But I'm a pretty threatening looking guy. <laughs> <laughs> I could beat up a hitchhiker, so yeah, I'd, I'd do it. I'd risk it for a chocolate biscuit. <laughs> uh, just to throw out the trivo on this episode... Nan Adams is played by Inger Stevens, who hailed from Sweden. She was best known for the mid-60s TV show Farmer's Daughter, though she made plenty of other film and TV appearances, like Hang 'em High with Clint Eastwood. The Hitchhiker caught up with her far too young in 1970, weirdly enough. It was kind of a uh, weird Hollywood death situation yeah? that I found. Okay. So. I bet there are people who are going to saying at the moment that she's going to return alongside JFK and... Uh, John Kennedy Jr. and be Trump's running mate or something. Shouldn't that be Marilyn Monroe? There's a, no, there's a, everyone, right? There's okay. a big, there's a big stick at the moment in the conspiracy guys that all of these celebrities have died fake their death. And they're and all going to come, gonna come back to um, at the same time. Yeah, like, yeah, it's all some elaborate plan to defeat the Clintons. How awesome would that be if there was like a late night TV, night, 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 late night, uh, a prime time TV show? You know, Return of the Dead Stars. Well, it's they're like they're camping out at um, Daily Plaza. Yeah. Waiting for the Kennedys to return. Because it used to just be that the junior is not dead. Right. And that he is 
he because Hillary tried to have him killed, he faked his death. <laughs> him and Trump are going to come back and defeat the whatever. But now they start including his dad. And like one of the there's a thing where a reporter is interviewing someone. He's like, he'd be like 102, right? And she's like, yeah, yeah, he's 102, and he's going to come back this weekend. Why would he want to go back to Daly Plaza? Didn't go well the first time. <laughs> Why, when you're 102 years old, do you want to go back into politics? <laughs> So anyway, I'm sure Inga Stevens is among that gang. Right, okay. <laughs> Sorry, that was a really inappropriate way to react to the sad news of a young lady's death. I'm very sorry if any of her family are still out there and listening to this podcast. <laughs> Leonard Strong plays the hitchhiker. His off-kilter looks found him playing many um, Asian roles in films such as The King and I and on TV. Let's be honest, this brand of typecasting hasn't dated very well. But he does make for a fantastically creepy presence here. He's great in this because he's like, he's, he's not like too over the top creepy. <laughs> it's not, they don't have like, you know, Dracula. I don't see why you wouldn't pick him up. I mean, yeah, he just, he's like, the first time you see him, he's just, oh, he's a shabby, nice looking guy. And then it's like, okay, it's getting weird. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? That's what makes it work so well. Yeah, yeah. Whereas if he just looked creepy from the off, <laughs> he wouldn't have that sort of creeping, like, what is happening vibe to it. Right. Uh, the one thing, a lot of these shows have, like, stock music or reused music. This one actually does have an original score. No, this one doesn't have an original score. That's the other one I was watching last night. This one, uh, Bernard Herrmann, who did this original season well, one thing. it kind of has an original score. Right, it was done for the radio version of The Hitchhiker. Yeah. And they just reused it for this, so it that's why I kind of tripped over my own words. But um, Bernard Herrmann is, you know, one of the most fantastic it, film composers ever. So even if it's a slightly reused score, I, I think I think my disc did have the isolated soundtrack. Okay. <laughs> so the um, the Twilight Zone radio show came before the TV show. N it was not a Twilight Zone episode when it was done on radio. Oh, okay. It was just a radio production. Okay. See, I I come from a time where they don't really they've never existed in my life. Right. Other than like the Archers. <laughs> yeah. No, Rod Serling had quite. A notable career before the Twilight Zone. In mm. fact, people thought he had gone off his rocker trying to do sci-fi. Okay. They're like, but you write all these, you know, playhouse dramas and stuff. Why? Mm -hmm. In the time element, the um, kind of proto Twilight Zone was the first time when people, oh, this is kind of different. And then he, you know, he said on TV, yeah, I'm going to make sci-fi. They're like, what? Like monsters? Uh, no. Sometimes <laughs> there's occasional <laughs> monsters, but the, the Outer Limits has lots of monsters, right? Okay. So it's a little different. Um, tell us how this story starts. Her name is Nan Adams. She's 27 years old. Her occupation? Buyer at a New York department store. At present on vacation, driving cross-country to Los Angeles, California, from Manhattan. Minor incident on Highway 11 in Pennsylvania. Perhaps to be filed away under accidents you walk away from. But from this moment on, Nan Adams' companion on a trip to California will be terror. Her route? Fear. Her destination, quite unknown. Shouldn't we file it under accidents you drive away from? She's still in her car. Uh, she walked away from it until the mechanic came to fix the car. Okay, but then she, she had, presumably away. had to walk to a TV show. Yeah. Uh, not, to TV. She had to walk into to, the TV show. She had to show. walk to a telephone. <laughs> <laughs> well, she kind of walked into a TV show. Yeah. <laughs> that, that sounds like a very disrespectful thing to say about the actress. Yeah, she just walked into it. <laughs> No, she did a fine job. Uh, the other, I've been noticing that every guy on the Twilight Zone so far seems to be between ages 35 and 37, and every woman is 27, yeah. maybe 28. That's just... That's Hollywood. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, but there, it's not like the, these men and women are hooking up or anything. It's just like that's the age you're focusing on. Uh, it's just, is it just Rod Sterling is hiring his mates as the male roles and pretty young ladies as the female roles? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> well, th- that's how. The... Although it works very well in this one because all the dudes are creepy and that's kind of deliberate, right? Yeah. Um, the one thing I had noticed is like when you said this is taken from a radio play, that makes so much sense. Because my main takeaway from this was that was great. The narration was unnecessary. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is it. This one had the um, mid. Yeah, she, she narrates multiple times. Oh, she narrates several times. Yeah, okay. you get her monologue throughout the episode. But she was giving enough of a performance on screen. It was unnecessary for me. Yeah, see, I'm, I'm in this. You know, this being an anthology show, I can kind of, um, you know, like layer different episodes here and there. And I'm realizing I'm. I'm actually mixing up a bit here and there watching them too closely but yeah. uh, I guess that happens that's why I have notes right so. well that's also because you're currently trying to get a whole bunch of episodes ready so presumably you'll be taking it a bit more slow once the podcast's correct. up and running correct but um, like we're currently recording isn't this like episode something. 14 I don't know and you just put out episode 1 in <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no time like who knows? Head. By the time people are listening to this, maybe we're huge. Yeah. Thanks for listening, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> maybe me and Matt are both dead and the website's just auto uploading for a little while longer. Until we reappear at the uh, Dead Stars Return. Yeah, although, yeah. Second coming me of and Matt the Dead have faked Stars. Our death and we're hanging out with um, John F. Kennedy Jr. and sipping martinis. Inger Stevens. High five Donald yes. Trump. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's defeated the pedophile rings. Matt, stop making me talk about this. I don't like this. You're doing it on your own. <laughs> <laughs> there are... This is another kind of uh, proto-episode where we definitely see it echoed. Um, just a few years later, uh, there's, I, I mentioned Carnival of Souls, which was directed by Herc Harvey. Mm-hmm. who directed a bunch of um, educational films, including Shake Hands with Danger. So we've done his films on my oral hygiene podcast, but he did Carnival Souls, and sorry if we're spoiling a little bit, but it's kind of a similar plot, where okay. there's an accent in the beginning, and the woman... Is that a Twilight Zone, or is that just a film? It's a film that feels like the Twilight Zone. Okay, okay. <laughs> in this case, a woman has but an accident, walks away from it, yeah. and then proceeds to move into Salt Lake City and become a church organist. Okay. Until, like, the zombies from the... Um, the uh, Salt Lake start coming out for her. Oh, cool. It's a pretty cool movie, actually. Yeah, it does sound pretty cool. It has it's, more, um, it's proto-zombies, too, because it's like 60, early 60s. Yeah. Well, this has a lot of a... A Final Destination is kind of this vibe as well. Except Final Destination... There's Final Destination, they, there's no personification. They cheated death, and they're yeah. still alive. Whereas in right. this case... Th- see, this is the Sixth Sense thing, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where, you know, she's gone the whole time. Prior to when you realize she's been dead the whole time, it feels like he's trying to get her killed. Well, yeah, because yeah. Because she escaped her death, right? Like when he gets her stuck on the train tracks. With a smile on his face. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I really like this episode. Oh, yeah. I it, thought it was really tense. It does um, rank in the top ten of uh, some lists. So. Like a good little horror. I didn't like the ending. No? Maybe because so many other things have done a similar thing since. Mm. Um. I felt like I saw it coming a mile off. <laughs> and up until then, when I didn't know for sure what was happening, I found it much more tense. Whereas she's been dead the whole time kind of undercuts the tension. I am kind of thinking, who is she meeting then with the sailor and the mechanic and the gas man? Right, yeah, yeah. Are they dead? Are they just seeing her and she's a ghost? <laughs> I'm not quite sure. Because, yeah, the, ga- the mechanic even says, like, oh, you should have died. Your car should have rolled. <laughs> but if he saw the car not rolled... 
then like did she is she in in some sort of purgatory but i mean it's the same problem in the sixth sense where it's like well how did bruce willis not figure any of this out you know yeah. of course in that case i guess no one except for the kids talking to him but yeah yeah well i guess it's, it's like a it's his own denial right yeah I mean, there, you know, the, the concepts in here are so groundbreaking, you have to leave some room for suspension of disbelief, I suppose. Oh, definitely, definitely. And it yeah. pays off for the most part, so. Well, that's it. The, the episode works in its own way, and then the twist is a twist, right? Yeah. Because as it's just, she's picked up some sort of malevolent spirit, right? <laughs> like, um, there was a film a couple of years back. It Follows. Mm. He feels like the It Follows thing. Ah, that was an STD, wasn't it? That was the yeah, match for STD, but it's just, <laughs> a, wherever you go, this guy is just permanently, like, walking towards you. Oh, okay. I, I didn't actually see it, so... I haven't seen it, but I know the vibe. Oh, right. Um, so, yeah, it works as just, like, a creepy... What is he? Is he a ghost? Is he a Grim Reaper? Is he what? And then the twist is, like, kind of an explanation, kind of just, like, a, a little shock. But, yeah, it does... The bits... The pieces beforehand don't necessarily fit. Yeah. Well, the reason the show to. remains very watchable is because... Because you come in knowing half the twist anyway, you know, so... Yeah, but it's it's not the twist is all that makes it worth watching, it's right? It's the fact that everything before that has a cool atmospheric vibe and, uh, yeah. you know, and it's interesting. Generally it's pretty good acting and stuff. Pretty good, yeah. I mean, I, I do say, oh, it's dated here and there, but it's, like, not bad dated. It's just, like, yeah. clearly this was... Because we don't make stuff that way at the moment. Right. <laughs> I do think... Um, so this was written by Sterling, right? Yes. I think it might be another one that's based on something, but... Um, it yeah. feels like written by a man in 1959. <laughs> this is a very female experience. Yeah. Just like she's claiming that this guy is stalking her and people are like, yeah, we'll come back when he does something. Yeah. You know, what do you want me to do? Tell him not to, a guy's allowed to look. Like, <laughs> it's, it's all very much what, you know, survivors go through. I mean, there are very few female writers um, at this time, if any. Um, I know in the original Star Trek, you know, it's DC Fontana because she couldn't really out herself as a woman, you know? <laughs> well, even in the 90s, right, J.K. Rowling felt that way. Right. But, you know, that turns out that she's got some maybe awful opinions, which are why she's like that. <laughs> yeah, I was quite surprised. <laughs> <laughs> <It's terrible. laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, you, you, this is the closest. It's almost like... Wait, wait, wait. wait. Cut the... Forget the J.K. Rowling reference. Um, the chick who wrote Fifty Shades <laughs> did it under her initials. Because she thought women would find it sexier if they thought a man wrote it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, there we go. Kind <laughs> of the opposite reason, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. <laughs> but I guess he is technically being somewhat forward-looking simply by going for this in 1959 or 60, you know? Well, I'm just showing, yeah, from her point of view, how, like, not helpful reactions from society are. Yeah. It, it, it just, yeah, and they... It didn't make, make some grand point. It just felt like a very real-lived experience to me. So I'm su uh, surprised that a guy would put that ex that feeling into a film at this time. Yes. And the sense of dread. Because, yeah, yeah, I guess the, the female hitchhiker is always more of a thing. But yeah, I need to get you on um, The Invisible Man soon. As in? The, 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 the recent movie. Oh, okay. Because that is all about just, like woman dealing with a stalky like an abusive stalky boyfriend ah and it's like it's the tensest film i've ever seen because <laughs> there's a totally bizarre memoirs of a invisible man yeah, or we can just do let's just do an invisible man month 
And then like not put it out. No, put out put out the the videos on Zoom like we always do, but it's just our empty chairs with the audio. <laughs> yeah, that could be fun. <laughs> um, I don't know if this was specifically a reference to this episode, but coming from the southeast in America, there is the um, story. The the I guess it's the gray man on the Carolina coast. Okay. Where if you see the gray man on the beach once, he's, he's, gray, he's wearing a gray suit. His face is kind of blurry. If you see him once, he's warning you a hurricane's coming. Uh-huh. You need to be careful. If you see him a second time, that means you're dying in the hurricane. Uh-huh. That's, that's, that's the ghost story behind it. Well, there's also, uh, that's a little bit like Mothman, right? Yeah. Mothman appears before, like, disasters. Right. But obviously, he's, a, he's not just, like, a dude in a suit. He's a, a Mothman. <laughs> got to keep you got to keep track on how many times you see the gray man. So. Right, okay. <laughs> In the UK, we just have magpies for that. Yeah. But this Charleston, South Carolina. One for they sorrow, have a, two for joy, three for a girl, four for a boy. That's they, magpies. Okay. <laughs> they have uh, 6,000, you know, ghost stories in Charleston, South Carolina. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's considered the ha- most haunted city in America. Huh. So, yeah, kind of interesting place. So, anyway, the hitchhiker kind of made me think of the, the Charleston-style ghost story because of that, even though they're in uh, California, Pennsylvania. <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess you don't know Pennsylvania that well, but when, uh, he, when they first show her getting her car worked on, they're like, she's still in Pennsylvania. It's like, no, she's not. <laughs> That's clearly California. Well, okay, you're an American man. Have you done, like, the big old road trips? Yeah, by myself. What's the longest you've done? Uh, Atlanta to Canada. How long? It takes two days. Yeah. Now, um, you know, back at this is, I guess the the highways were rolling by this point, but um, I was reading about a book about Los Angeles, right? Mm-hmm. The, the boom of Los Angeles, where you know people would leave New York and it'd take them like two months to actually get there. Right. And making stops and things, but you know, it's just you can't just blast on. Well, yeah, out, yeah, so. Oregon Trail, right? Like a little faster than that. But, yeah, yeah, but yeah, but you're, like, like Oregon Trail in a car. But the the point the point. That this this is so interesting to me is you can top to tail the UK in a day. Yeah, you, I think you can do Lands End to John O'Groats in like fourteen hours or something. <laughs> like we definitely drove up from um, Southern England where I lived to visit my auntie in Scotland. Yeah, and it was a one day trip. Okay, yeah, yeah, we can't do that in, yeah. in the states. So the uh, the famous line is Americans think a hundred years is a long time. Europeans think a hundred miles is a long way. Yeah. I mean, I live in Japan now, so 100 miles is a long way. That puts us, like, almost in Tokyo, right? Yeah, but also it's a, it's made a long way because you've got to go through a bunch of mountains. True. <laughs> I did blast tunnels through, but you've yeah, got to pay yeah, a few. Yeah, you've got to pay a hefty fee to use the trains that go through those, right? Right. Or even like, drive your car through them. Yeah, yeah. So, the, yeah, that would obviously a big be a big difference. But, um, yeah, I, I know the, the late night driving runs by yourself. I did a lot because I taught environmental education, so I'd uh, be cranking through in a Volkswagen Beetle stuffed with random stuff. But I think the longest I ever drove was like two hours to a theme park. Oh, okay. And other than that long ride to Scotland, the longest I've ever remember being in a car is like three hours to my grandmother's house. No, I've done 15-hour solo runs. I've done some long-ass bus rides a couple times, mm. but I'm not really paying attention to those. True, true. I'm asleep when I'm playing a game, but... I would just, because um, it is back when, uh, yeah, it was before we... Before we had our iPods and our phones, and um, I, I had like a six CD changer in my car, so I'd stop for gas, change the CDs, and I, I'd barely stop for food. When I owned a car, I um, just had a tape deck. <laughs> and I could have got one of those adapters, but I was like, nah. I went to a bunch of car boot sales, and I went on eBay, and I bought a bunch of tapes. <laughs> so we were listening to like Spandau Ballet and the <laughs> Top Gun soundtrack and stuff like that. It was yeah, great. I, being a little older, I did uh, my, my last American car 
think still had a tape deck and occasionally I'd crack out my uh, stash of, you know, tapes I had in high school and stuff and yeah, yeah. occasionally I would buy that whack tape when I saw it, but <laughs> I remember the the trip to the theme park I'm talking about was me and my friends Katie and Holly. Um, we just had we had the Lion King soundtrack. But one side was all the songs. The other side was the instrumental soundtrack. <laughs> so every time they wanted to re-listen to the songs, we had to listen to the whole instrumental one first. Well, there's no rewind? I mean, yeah, but that's cheating. I made them <laughs> listen to it. <laughs> you have to hear it. <laughs> it's uh, important. Uh, my one major wipeout was coming down from New York City. I, it was post 9-11, but still 2001. Right. I actually just wanted to see what was going on. And, and then I just graduated from university, so... Um, uh, the, the guy we talked to on the Sci-Fi Sanctuary, Edge of Tomorrow, he was he was okay, driving, yeah, yeah. and and w- yeah, we did a couple uh, 360s in a, on a West Virginia highway at like three in the morning. Oh, it was exciting. Uh, so, I've, in terms of being the driver, the worst I've ever done is reverse into someone's car because my rearview mirror had fallen off. <laughs> <laughs> but as a passenger, I was in a car accident when I was a kid, but I had my seatbelt on, so I was fine. My granddad didn't and he ended up with one of those neck braces for like a year oh my um and i remember one when i was a few years later we were driving on the motorway in the uk and i was playing my game boy <laughs> and i looked up just in time to see the car in front of us facing us <laughs> because it had spun out of control oh wow and luckily no one got hit but i remember just like i maybe my parents must have made a sound because i just looked up into time to see a huge four by four just facing our car and being like <laughs> Oh, this is death. <laughs> uh, luckily, it wasn't. Oh, <laughs> no, death. <laughs> maybe it is. Maybe the hitchhiker just hasn't found me yet. Cause no, I'm yeah. Way in Japan. <laughs> <laughs> the only, um, yeah, I think the only car accident, which did actually end up causing totaling damage to my car, and I mm. had to get a new one after that. Which, uh, but, uh, but, um, it was uh, just out of New York City. Yeah. It's like her, I guess, but it's Connecticut. And uh, yeah, I ended up getting stuck in a hotel for a few days while, while my folks came up with the with a car to get me to where I was going. What's your closest, like, near-death experience? Hmm. I'm trying to... I think I've had a couple where I've just been, like, walking along a high drop and slipped a little. Yeah. Um, but I can't think of an exact example. Obviously, those car accidents I mentioned, um, but I was, like, not really aware enough. Scaling an, scaling an ocean cliff ledge. Yeah. With no ropes or anything. I mean, but, yeah, I didn't slip. It just seemed dangerous. Right. I, I mentioned... Um, somewhere a, a, a year or two ago where I was just walking around at night and there's like a big fireball in the sky and I was like, oh, I'm going to die. <laughs> and my belt would be vaporized. So there was that. Did you ever find out what it was? It was just a meteor. Oh, cool. Yeah. It was just a real <laughs> big honking meteor. Yeah. So it, like, it looked like a fireball in the sky no, for I've a few seconds. I've only seen did it shooting stars. Yeah, that's what you usually see. This one, I, it was like, you know, by the, like right above the mountain. So it was quite low atmosphere. But it, it, was, did, it was the aliens. I mean, you see, the, I guess the fireball is good because it did yeah. burn up, right? <laughs> um, oh, I know the actual, the closest I've ever come to death. Um, I found out that it was my friend's birthday the very next day. So after my night of boozing, I went home and tried to bake a cake. <laughs> and I dropped a couple eggs on the floor. And you, you know how hard it is to clean up egg. Right. So I got a big bread knife because I was trying to scoop the egg onto it. Which, which worked. I got all the egg in the trash. Then from the floor, I tried to throw the knife into my sink. <laughs> it bounced by the handle off the edge of the sink and flew back at my face and missed stabbing me in the face by like an inch. <laughs> Which would have A, been how I died, and B, been the dumbest death ever. And they'd, they'd say you killed yourself. <laughs> they'd be like, how did he do this? How did he throw a knife at his own face? <laughs> 
Well, you gotta leave. You gotta leave your your legacy behind, right? <laughs> yeah, that would be a pretty wild way to die, like a real mad locked room mystery. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, which of the guys in here came across as creepiest to you? Sailor. Yeah. Okay. By a country mile. Yeah, yeah. What a creep. <laughs> <laughs> and then when she starts putting the moves on him, he freaks out. Absolute typical <laughs> boy. Because <laughs> you have to bleep that one. <laughs> It's fun. The bleeps are fun. <laughs> Just got to find them, that's all. Um, if, if you overhear Dirty where I missed it, so. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, so he, well, he didn't want to date crazy, so. Yeah. But I guess that's what you do. You go crazy enough and they'll run away. Maybe. Yeah. This is probably a good one to throw out the uh, who exactly was in the Twilight Zone. I guess Nan is in the Twilight Zone for the full episode. Right. That Maybe sailor found everyone she meets zone. is in the Twilight Zone. Uh, they might be, you know, deisons of the Twilight Zone, just as the, the Grim Reaper. Or the well, I, I, if we think of this episode as basically she's in purgatory. Yeah. Are they all also in purgatory and they just haven't seen their Grim Reaper yet? Oh yeah, maybe they're all all just yeah, uh, passing they've all, through. They've all both. They've all recently died. Mm. Maybe she hit that sailor because he was walking along the road. She was trying so to hit people. Out of control. So. Right. Oh yeah, also that. <laughs> yeah, she was kind of like maybe my new hobby will be v- vehicular manslaughter. <laughs> <laughs> when you're driving those long, long cross country trips, your brain, mind starts going those places, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like I need a new game to play. Let's play a game. So you, you get that feeling sometimes, though, right? Where it's like I'm not going to do it. But imagine if I did, yeah, and then you start thinking about doing the worst possible thing. <laughs> it's like, man, imagine what would happen if I just got my out right now. Like, I would ruin my life. For <laughs> like, oh, I could push like all these people off that cliff. <laughs> you don't do these things, but your mind goes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but uh, you're in purgatory. Oh, on my Monster podcast, they asked me if I thought I could beat a cat in a fight. And my brain just instantly pictured me punching a cat today. <laughs> it wasn't a pleasant thought. I hated it. I don't want to do that. But my brain just went there and I was like, yeah, I could be a cat. <laughs> I'd screw up that cat. Yeah. <laughs> I'd wreck it. <laughs> we had a cat. The cat, well, uh, did they, clawed or declawed? I mean, it, it might get a few scratches in. Okay. Pretty, one punch and it's dazed. So you're going to be one punch man. <laughs> yeah, against a cat, yes. <laughs> Uh, it's, a, it's a bit of a running thing, obviously. You know what Monster Hunter is about, hunting monsters. Yeah. Somehow, I keep claiming that I could fight various animals, and no one believes me. <laughs> That's why you keep going to the gym. Yeah. Okay. Because um, one of these days, they are just going to lock me in a steel cage with a lion and see what happens. <laughs> if you donate enough to the Patreon listeners. <laughs> <laughs> then you'll have one less host on the Monster Mash podcast. <laughs> Every £1,000 Patreon can choose an animal to see me fight in a steel cage. <laughs> so, uh, did Nan deserve her trip into the Twilight Zone? Do we all deserve this trip into the Twilight Zone? We'll get it. Yeah. What do we get a hitchhiker? Mm. Well, here's the thing. We see some of her driving later in the episode. Right. If that is reflective of her driving before the accident, then yes, she deserves <laughs> to go to the Twilight Zone. So you're kind of a road rage guy. <laughs> See, I, I, this is one No, of... she's a road rage person. <laughs> That's why she deserved to run her car off the road. 
See, I, I either had not seen this one or had not seen it for a while. So my first thought, I was, which they, they I guess they do reference a little bit of the urban legend of the, the hitchhiker just suddenly yeah, ends yeah. up in your back seat, which is how it turns out in the end. But mm-hmm. um, I thought that was going to be like the main thing here. Because there is, um, I don't remember where, I want to say Mississippi, Texas, so, somewhere around there, there's the, there's a bridge where it's like, there's a ghost story that, you know, you'll see a hitchhiker and if you don't pick them up, they're just going to end up in the back of your car anyway. Mm. <laughs> Well, the the scene that really stuck with me in this is the scene with the train. Right. That's really tense. It's done so well. But yeah. the fact that she is the kind of person who tried to cross a train track like that, yes, she does have to go to the toilet. So. <laughs> well, um, I, I know with the oral hygiene, there's always that weird film that you kind of remember from your past but can't place what it was. So yeah. Marx is one where a... a family goes and they're on the train tracks and the, the father is just like, well, the train's just going to have to wait for us. <laughs> so if anyone knows what film that is, you know, tell us, because uh, that went through my mind when she was on the train tracks. Well, the train's just going to have to wait for me. <laughs> I also remember the start of Hancock. That's how he meets the guy he becomes friends with in that. He gets his car stuck on the train tracks and then Hancock saves him by just smashing the train. <laughs> and then everyone's like, why don't you just fly up? Because <laughs> I got smashed a train, that's why. <laughs> and then even the guy you rescued is like, Yeah, why didn't you fly up? You just totaled my car and a train. <laughs> but yeah, I just totaled a car and a train. Yeah. I haven't seen the movie as well. Is that his response? Kinda. <laughs> okay. But man, yeah, the first half of Hancock is so good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they should have stopped there. <laughs> <laughs> that's how I remember. That, that is the thing I. That was, I think that's the last big one, because especially in the 80s and some of the 90s, there was always a, the first half's great and the second half isn't sort of film. Mm. Like comedies, 80s com- I mean, there's good 80s comedies that are funny the whole way, but I feel like the uh, boilerplate 80s comedy is... Well, it's because it's these films where they have, like, here's a high concept. We don't have 90 minutes of it. <laughs> so we've just tacked on generic film stuff for the, like, final act. Right, or they get, like, sentimental about it and yeah, kind yeah, of yeah. back away from what they were doing, so... Yeah. Uh, the recent one I remember was... Um, Zack and Mir remake a porno. I, I kind of remember it. Because I just, it, it's, the concept is such, like, crass humor, right? And then the end is, oh, no, they really do love each other. And, like, <laughs> uh, that was not earned by this film. Did you tell me it was family film night? Yeah. I tell that story again on this podcast. <laughs> me and my then-girlfriend, or my mum's like, oh, we've got a couple of DVDs from your uncle. Do you want to watch the horror movie or the comedy? And I was like, well, I don't think I want to watch a horror movie with my parents. Let's put the comedy on. <laughs> it was Zach and Mary make a porno. <laughs> so, yeah, like... I think, I think my girlfriend actually left pretty early in the film. She made her excuses and drove home. <laughs> left you pretty maybe, early? Maybe she made that decision that night. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, my family film night, as I, I mentioned on the other podcasts, for some reason was recently like Prometheus and Alien. Nice. And, and I thought it was... Prometheus? Oh, in The Shining. Oh, we also started watching... I did not do Prometheus. I know you did Shining and The Alien. We didn't finish Prometheus because uh, last week, um, she was like, well, what happens when he goes back? Because we stopped the movie. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, I don't think Bob wants to see what happens when he goes back. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, tripometer for this one. Where do you want to throw it? I bet in 1959 this was like a four. Yeah. But I think we've... Because I saw what was coming so much because of later stuff, it felt like a three for me. Okay. Oh, you're, see, I've had this number in my mind for the past two minutes. Yeah. 2.7. <laughs> Why? I don't know. That was just the number that came to mind. See, it's not like I'm thinking, is it a 2.4 or 2.7? 2.7, yes, okay. 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 I'm, I just, it's a spot guess. I, so it feels I, this, right. 
this is a conversation I have a lot with my video game loving friends. I don't like numbered scores. What about like, like Donkey Kong? Oh no, I mean like a review. Oh, okay. if you've got like a review of a video game and you've written like three pages of really like great prose, and then all the dweebs are just like, "Oh, I gave it a seventy-six percent. I think it's a seventy-eight percent." Mm. <laughs> like no, I mean if I had my way. I would get rid of words, let alone numbers. Everyone just communicating <laughs> vibes. Mm. <laughs> um, I'm on a, one of the websites I talk to people on. They start doing a thing where it's like a game of like, oh, guess what scores this is going to get on Metacritic. <laughs> <laughs> and because I'm, I'm opposed to scores in general, I'm really opposed to score aggregating sites. What an utterly meaningless nonsense. <laughs> like, a review is one person's opinion. If you're just aggregating everyone's, then eventually everything's just going to get a seven. <laughs> <laughs> so I always just, my response is just to give it a really non-committal crap answer. And for one of them, I did just film four interpretive dances and post those as my responses. <laughs> yeah, but keep away the triple meter is not a quality me- meter. Yeah, I know. The I know. number one episode of the Twilight Zone, which is not necessarily could be the five a number trip. one on yeah, the yeah, triple meter. Yeah. You know, I'm just like. No, but I. In any subsequent episode of this podcast you bring me on, my triple meter response will not be a number. It's going to be like a a whoa or like a uh, or a yeah or like a. Whoa! I've already mentioned you on a different episode as the guy that just makes up numbers, so... Because I say you can do a decimal, you, or you just make up a number, I'm like, do you what you want, so... <laughs> it's a, the, the field is wide open, man, you know? So I guess the tripometer for this one is like a FNAF? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure! <laughs> I'll go with that. <laughs> and, um... But yeah, because that's why I did it with the Psych Dog record reviews I'm like well this is a great album it's not that trippier this album's not good but wow it's gonna blow your mind man you know it's like you gotta appreciate that as well so yeah. <laughs> you know um, most actually there are a few symphonies that rate high on the tripometer for me but there's plenty that don't <laughs> I wanna be part of your symphony right it's a very recent pop song there's no way you know it okay <laughs> <laughs> uh, so those were the questions. We got through that. Okay. This is Time Enough Podcast on Twitter. It's Time Enough Pod on Facebook. It is Time Enough Podcast. You're listening it now. You've probably found your way to an RSS feed. I try to get that RSS feed all the places I can um, pass it on to. So there's that. Send, send me some, send us your comments and stuff. Tell us, tell us that, no, it's a 2.77 on the triple meter. If you do that, I will block you on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> but Time Enough Pod will not block you because that's my Twitter. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if you have enjoyed this podcast, you can hear me and Matt on other podcasts. I might block them. <laughs> <laughs> I was just being contrary. Okay, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> if we have a... Um, if you want to hear me and Matt talk about science fiction films, you can go to patreon.com. Nope. You can go to Matt and Luke Sci-Fi Sanctuary on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, blah, blah, blah. You can find that one on Twitter at... At MLSFS Pod. I've got too many podcasts, Matt. <laughs> I'm used to at least one of the ones I list is the one we're actually on. <laughs> I'm not used to having to plug all three. You can also hear me talk about Pokemon. That one's on Twitter at Luke Loves PKM, and you can find Luke Loves Pokemon on all your podcasting app of choice. And you can hear me talk about Monster, Ma- Monster Hunter with my friends. You can find that one on Twitter at Monster Mash Pod. Just search Monster Mash Podcast. If you search Monster Mash, you'll just get the song. I was not thinking about SEO when I named that podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, what was I? 
I had some, oh, I was gonna say you could sell micro machines, but you slipped up just a little bit, so you need a little more practice. Did you get that in the UK, the micro machine man? Oh, the guy talks really fast on the advert? Yeah. I remember hearing people talk about it, I don't remember seeing it. Okay. He's also- My main, I had a few micro machines as a kid. My main memory is the micro machines video games. Oh, right. The top-down races? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, they were fun. No, that guy, he, uh, he made his national debut, and that's incredible. Oh, wait, was he the guy who played Blur in the Transformers cartoon? Yes. That's why we've talked about it. Yes. <laughs> and he made an appearance on Saved by the Bell, too, where he talked that fast. So, he's, yep. he's, he's like, we can't afford, like, someone good, but people know him, so let's <laughs> hire him. <laughs> he was the Eminem of his time. <laughs> okay, I guess we need to hitch a ride home. Hitch a ride home with death! Ancient search and lava breath I shake the secret hand of 